Pugs are so funny. <laughs> pugs are ridiculous. Shout out to Pugs, man. If y'all don't have a pug, get one. Like, yeah, their eyes are... They're buggies, bro. They're like... <laughs> look like fish eyes. They don't have enough head for their eyes, dude. They're funny. <laughs> Louder than hell. And they need surgery so they can breathe properly. They're some funny animals, bro. <laughs> so basically, it looks like they have some type of disease because their eyes are bulging out of their head, right? Yeah, no, it and they're yeah. really good at farting too. Um, so is it a male? No, it's a girl. It's a so girl. So the girls don't fart. You should know that. It's like snakes <laughs> legs, okay? Uh, you know, so well, mine must be like trans or something, man. He farts yeah. up a storm or something. <laughs> that dog, that dog can fart, man. Oh. I should, I should bring her in here, J- just to, to stink you out, huh? Yeah, okay. no, just to, yeah. for all the, the love I give her, that's what she gives me back. Sounds like that's a woman. Nice. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't comment. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Uh, Let's run Jesus. that intro, dude. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome on back to episode 51. We're moving our way closer to 100. Pretty exciting. Um, we got Bill on today. Bill, nice to see you. How are you doing today, man? Uh, thank you. I'm doing wonderful, and thanks for having me. How about you, Kevin? I'm doing great. We were just talking about it. I gave my pug some peanut butter yesterday, and she's mm-hmm. got this funny picture I sent it to Trevor where she's got covered in peanut butter and her eyes are all bugging. Yo, if you don't have a pug, you ought to get one because there are some funny animals, but I'm doing great. <laughs> All right. My cat's my pug. He's probably bigger than your Oh, easily. Bro. Than pug, your pug. Pug's only 15 pounds. She's a she's she's pretty yeah. snatched in the waist. All right. So, yeah, he's at 16, 17. So we got you beat there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll give her some more whole milk, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Fatten her up. But we got Bill. Bill, uh. I think the quickest way to describe it is a financial advisor for perfectly imperfect families. So um he told us a couple stories before before we aired. So to say the least, I'm excited to keep a smile on this episode. <laughs> Gotta retell those, man. That's a funny story. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I guess uh Bill will start with how you got into the whole uh the whole field. What what uh so what in, led you there? Yeah, in 1991, uh, I graduated from Drexel with a master's in finance, and I helped all my friends and family out so well that they don't even talk to me now when it comes to finance because there's nothing to change. And I started to get interested in helping families with special needs. I was drawn to it and uh, started sitting in IEP meetings, and in 2000. Uh, my daughter was born and uh, there wasn't something just quite right. Now she doesn't have downs or, and she doesn't have what I would consider um, anything noticeable to the naked eye. But when she got tested, she had a learning disorder. She had a hearing disorder. She had hand-eye coordination issues. She has anxiety through the roof, irritable bowel syndrome, all the things you don't want to talk about when you're, you're on dates. Right. So, (laughs) Yeah. So in sixth grade, she was reading at first grade, fourth month. 
And uh, I challenged the school district in New Jersey, the state where you have the right to pay high taxes and get nothing to show for it. Shout out and, to New Jersey. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, hey. oh my. They, they said, okay, we'll help her. And then a year later, she retested and no improvement. So being a product of a divorce, I went to my ex-wife and I said, do I have your permission to go get outside help? And she said, sure, um, you have my permission. So I went out and I found this company that's called Salus University. Salus does eye tracking. So the important thing to notice here is that the left eye stays focused on the word and the right eye goes out and in, out and in. So there's no reading comprehension. You're reading really fine, but it's not manifesting in the brain. Not, it's not communicating. Whoa. So when you put this tracker on, basically you have to retrain the eye for a nine month period, three times a week. And my parents and I took her to those lessons. I had to get a second job because it's not covered by insurance. And at the end of the nine months, she retested and she scored really high, like ninth grade first month. And then we worked on her gut health, her removing allergens from her system. And, you know, fast forward to today, she's going to be graduating as a senior from LIM college and, and doing, going in the world of fashion design slash window visual. So when you go to a store and you like a display in a window, that's what she does. But she also does the merchandising and putting it in an attractive way, color coordinated so that it looks visually appealing. Um, she knows what colors are going to be hot. So that's really the story of why I got involved with helping parents with special needs. And I guess the next step is to educate them, right? So when, when you're working with a, a family with special needs, they need to get a, a special needs trust before the age of 18. Now, why is this important? Well, because prior to 18, the government doesn't recognize them as an adult, right? So if they are, if they don't have the capacity to take care of themselves to the level of say the three of us on this phone call, right? And the, and the video, then you have to set up protection for them, right? And so, and if they're on disability income or receiving monies in the state, they get health care and they get a small stipend for food and water. And if they need extra services like OTPT speech, unless you, uh, and they can't receive money in, so unless you have a trust that's set up in the child's name and you fund that trust, they don't, they're not allowed to spend money on these services. So the money that they would earn or people would donate or the parents would invest in would then go towards supplying the services. For, so, and in such services such as an Uber car ride, right? Uh, a trip to the doctors, a personal companion so that the taxi driver or Uber driver doesn't take them the circuitous route, right? So that it doesn't take advantage of them. And when you set up a trust, it organizes everything so that you could dictate exactly what goes into the trust and how it comes out. And so what? money is spent unless it's under discretion. So, that pretty much answers why I got involved, right? Pretty detailed. Yo, so your daughter couldn't spend her own money? 
Well, my daughter was never on disability income, right? Oh, okay. Oh, these are for families that um, say your child has CP, cerebral palsy, or they um, they have a disability that that like. So, autism is not a disease, right? It it's it's just a function, right? And so, someone who's severely autistic and nonverbal really cannot communicate unless they have a machine that they could type into what they're feeling or saying, right? So you don't want someone to take advantage of the said child, either emotionally, physically, financially, or God forbid, sexually, right? You don't want any of that to happen. So in order for the child to function or to get the services they need and deserve, you need to set up a trust to protect them. Make sense? Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if I, if I was autistic, someone could take advantage of me and just take all my money pretty much. Um, or not autistic, but you know, yeah, if, if someone with special needs, right. Or has a disability or in a, in a car accident and they're disabled, you don't want, you want to have a system set up in, in advance so that no one takes advantage of them. That's all. And okay. when they're, if they're receiving disability income, they're not allowed to receive extra money from the state, otherwise they lose their health benefits. So that's why you, you need to set up a special needs trust, right? In order to fund it, funding the trust, that's funding that matters, right? And then you fund the trust so that this, what they need, physical therapy, emotional therapy, massages, whatever it may be that they need to function in day-to-day -day life, they can get, and the money comes out of that trust and they don't lose their healthcare benefits or their state benefits. Does that make sense now? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> gotcha. Like, so it's not you, it's not an area that really touches you guys right now, but maybe the listening audience it might touch home with them and they can get help. Yeah, we we want to have kids soon. That's like why I'm curious. Like, what when did you first notice that your daughter wasn't? I don't want to say normal. Quite but... quite right. Yeah, wasn't quite right, I guess. <laughs> so around age three, um, she started to, she was always a good eater and always active, but she would start um, on a repetitive theme, sort of like rocking back and forth saying, I want a friend, I want a friend, I want a friend. This could go on for an hour to two hours straight. Oh, so cool. very similar to you know, a broken record. Right. And so unless she got a friend over, it didn't stop or she would exhaust herself. And, you know, if doing that rocking motion with, I want a friend for an hour and a half straight, you, you, she would eventually knock herself out and she'd be sleeping on the floor because if you couldn't get a friend over, she would, it, it's very emotionally draining, right? It's like having an episode. Because, yeah, she's in like a crisis kind of state at that point, right? Very similar to PTSD, okay? Yeah. Uh, because their mindset is not in the reality. It's just fixed on one thing. Yeah, okay. Well. <clears throat> so you, and yeah, it can be well, overcome, okay? I mean, I could see why you'd think that, that that would raise a few flags, I guess. Yes. So, but that's not the only people I help. I also work with families that have needs for long-term care, 
uh, or don't even have a clue what long-term care is. Now, you guys are young, but long-term care is when you have set abilities in life, right? The ability to walk, the ability to talk, the ability to go to the bathroom, the ability to feed yourself, have mental capacities. And when you, you know, so in other words, when you're not, you don't have dementia or Alzheimer's, right? Um, the ability to remember, right? So if you lose two of those basic six functions, you're eligible for long-term care. Long-term care is just having someone come into your home that's going to be a personal care assistant to help you. So if you have mobility issues, if you're a fall risk, if you can't cook your own meals because you can't hold yourself up on a, you know, by a cane, by a wheelie, okay, where you can't do that, then you need help. Um, bathing is an issue as well because you could be a fall risk. So you have someone help them. And most people think about long-term care in their 50s, right? Because they're thinking they just saw their parents and how they aged. And what you want to do is you want to get this between now and say age 58 so that when you get long-term care, if you decide to live at home, you have money set aside for it and you don't organize it from your savings. Okay. It's something you pay for in advance and it helps you choose how you want to live out your golden years. Okay. You guys are young. Golden years are after you retire. <laughs> Hear right? about them a little bit. Yeah. 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 Your guys are a long, long way away, but it's never too soon to start, right? But the golden years are, say, 78 to 88, where you're still functioning at a high level, but you're a little slower, right? And you're not traveling as much. And that's wow. normally when an episode or an incident happens and it requires help, right? And that help could be in the form of, you either live at home with personal care assistance, you do senior care assisted living, or you live in a home full time. Now, if you live in a home full time, the cost in the Northeast is about one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year. So you better. Whoa, have no, no. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. my grandma, my grandma's paying like six grand a month. Yep. Oh, my God. So at least. And that's that's not with like that because they have different packages. Oh, yeah. They got yeah. packages. Yeah, dude. Like it's like, all right, three grand a month. You could just live here, eat our food. Six grand a month, we'll wash and bathe you. Eight grand a month, we'll give you a PT. Nine grand, and then it just keeps going up and up and up. Yeah, it's a la carte for healthcare. That's what it is. Yeah, right? yeah. Whoa, no, I yeah, thought it dude. was just like a nursing home. I didn't no, know no, dude, no, I don't know, man. I'll... Yeah. So, so this is basically. What happens is, is that you, the first step in anything that you do in planning is you, you have to have a plan, not like the A team, right? Where you make a tank, but you have to have a plan in writing. Okay. <laughs> and you get in writing what your wishes are, and then you, and you put it into your will or your trust or your estate plan. And then those wishes are carried out and, and followed because when you're not of right mind, you need to see something in your writing that says, hey, well, this was me and this is what I asked for, right? So you're just following that. Okay. I'm imagining that scene in Stripes when I think of planning where they, yes. they come out in that truck, dude, and it's all of them. 
this the Winnebago. The Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> we need the A team on that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, army training, sir. That's what they need. Army, army bro. That I mean, I I wouldn't call that realistic by any means, but there's a lot of <laughs> stuff we did. <laughs> well, back in back in that time when that was done, sort of realistic. We I mean we, we didn't know what, you know, the truth, right? We didn't know if, what missiles were capable of doing or not doing, right? Back in that time, it was filmed. Now you know, or you sort of know, unless you're on the outside. Where's your drill sergeant? Huh? Blown up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that that might that might actually happen. You never know. By accident. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, are most of the people that are in these like long-term care facilities or need long-term care that is that like a physical thing or like a mental issue that they're struggling with? So it's either physical or mental, and um, and the choice is basically theirs. Um, the average cost for a personal care assistant to come to your home on a per hour basis is $27 an hour nationally. You may be able to get something cheaper, but that's just the national average. So you have to weigh in your mind, say the person is only up 10 hours a day, right? And because when you're older, you sleep a lot more, you take cat naps, right? So if you could schedule, so if you have children and they can plan a personal care assistant and schedule when they want to wake up how long they want to stay awake cook them their meals do their wash clean up after them give them a bath every other day you know someone older does not like to take baths or showers okay <laughs> i don't uh, even like to take baths so, or showers. <laughs> that might be from the army training all over again yeah but anyway wipe me off with a washcloth yeah exactly <laughs> so they um and because it, their skin is more sensitive and less elastic, so um, they need to be moisturized more often, and uh, and that's just to prevent you know bruises and cuts that happen so easily. Yeah, what's that? So shit? We're, we're off topic, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. I not it's like an area I'm not really familiar with that much. Well, h- how old are you? 27 and and mr t how 25 yes all right so you're in the same range age group so you're in the i'm so young and invincible age group that i'm not even thinking about yeah exactly (laughs) i'm not even thinking about planning for the future right because there's always tomorrow and and you know i'm going to assume that neither of you are attached correct Attached to what? Married. Oh, I'm married. Uh, oh, yeah, I've been married. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually divorced. So <laughs> typical okay. soldier. Been there, done that. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay. So. Hey, Got the T-shirt, huh? Good, good deal. Hey, okay. Hey. So we here, keep here's the important. Here's the important thing. If you start saving for retirement now in your 20s, right before you turn 30. The difference when you retire is this little number called $700,000 in retirement difference. If you start saving now, if you start saving now, if you don't start saving now, now to me, that's a large number to you. It might be chicken feed, right? But to me, that's huge. So than I have right now. (laughs) Right. So if you, if you meet with somebody who can get you organized, 
and tell you that Amazon drivers should not know you by on a first name basis as your best friend, right? And you learn to, um, you learn to this word called budget, not live paycheck mm -hmm. to paycheck. What do you call budget. it? Budget? Yeah, it's called a budget. <laughs> oh, yes. you write that down. I'm not yes. Look that up. Uh, and you learn how to save. And then from that savings, you also create a future plan with goals, dreams, and desires. Then the person gets you from point A to point B. Right now, you know, you know, fat, dumb, and happy is no way to go through life, right? So you kind of want to get organized, get a game plan, put it in writing, and then you can't just work. If you don't work for a goal, then work sucks, right? Yeah. You need to have you need to have that little dangling carrot in front of you to reach that goal, because otherwise you're just showing up and collecting a paycheck. And it doesn't make sense. So you you strive to be better with a positive attitude and doing things the right way. Yeah, it's, I, I noticed that quite a bit. I just started going back to work after about a year and a half out of the Army. And I have realized the world of difference when you just have a goal. Even school, they pay us to go to school. I was just doing it for the paycheck because they, they're paying me. And now I finally have a goal at the end, like a light at the end of the tunnel, knowing what I want to do with this, knowing what to do. It's like, just like with work, I know what I want to do with my money. I just need the money now. And it's just, it's a world of difference waking up day to day, going to do that instead of waking up, oh, I need to go to work. I need to get my money. I have to pay my rent. It's so dangling carrot. Yeah. So when you say that you know what you want to do, did you actually think about it or did you just discover it one day when you woke up? Oh, I've been thinking about it for two years, man, at oh, least. Man. Yeah, it, it was, it a, was a long, Trevor long, thinker. long road. Yeah, that's um, it, it took me a long time to get here. So that you don't just I mean, I didn't just wake up and it fall in my lap. But uh, right. yeah, it, it took me at least two years to finally I. I wouldn't say I've written it all down, so I should probably get on that. But it's it's all in my head of exactly what I want to do, what where my money, where I want to put my money in order to get there, and yeah, I've I've kind of narrowed down my goal to my skill set and my experiences. To be what able is to... your skill set? Oh. I, I was have... gonna say something so bad right there. Just, <laughs> you can, know. Yeah. Making people laugh, I understand. But what is your real skill set? What do you, what do you bring to the party that's different from everybody else? I'm I'm very good at understanding an abstract idea and bringing it to life for other people. So, so you want to you want to do coaching? Coaching, and I I really want to get into the psychology space and philosophy and understanding life so that I could better describe it to other people who may not be able to understand something that isn't right in front of their face. It's hard to like going to the gym every day. It's hard to understand why I do that when I don't get a result every day, something like that. Like it's uh, that, see, you, that's mindset. Okay. See, it's mindset mm -hmm. training. So when you have a goal and you do mindset training, as long as you keep a positive outlook, um, Look, when you go to the gym every day, it's the act of going, it's committing, right? And so, but have you set a goal for your physique, right? And when you set mm -hmm. a goal for your physique, 
you eat with your mind. You don't eat with your mouth, right? And then what you eat is how your body functions and burns things off, right? Like that that thing you keep drinking over there. Oh, the come can, on. I right? knew he was going to say something about the rip. Yeah. So is is that like an, an energy drink? It's yes, it's the only energy energy drink available in Iraq. So I found one yesterday and I picked it up at Rule King. The best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's typically coffee with some honey and um coconut oil. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah. I've got yeah, me the so. Magnum Monster right here. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that's really good for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm here for a good time, man. Yes, yeah. I can tell. <laughs> But we don't really know what's mixed in with the monster, do we? Oh, God, no. Oh, it could be yeah, anything. It could be anything on Earth in here, really. All right. Well, that's good. It makes you feel good, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> makes you feel all good, like. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, all right. It, it so took it, me a while to get there. Well, Every coach needs a coach, right? Every coach, because you need someone to help you keep focused on your goals, whether they charge you or not, they could be a mentor, right? That doesn't matter as long as they help you keep focused. Um, but the key to, like, I'll, I'll tell you straight, straight out that if you want to achieve something, you got to, you got to have a piece of paper, you write it down on the one side, what your personal goal is one goal, you write 20, but you eventually choose one. And then on the other side, you, you write down your business goal and then you laminate it. You put it in your pocket and every day it's in your pocket. You feel it, you pick it up, you read it and you will yourself to that. If you're not doing that now, that's what you need to do because that will help you. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a coach. I just help people achieve their goals financially. But I can tell you this, that I prevent the pratfalls and the pitfalls and, and, and accidents waiting to happen by having regular conversations with people on a quarterly basis to make sure they don't make uninformed decisions, you know, and I keep them. So that's, that's pretty key to moving forward and hitting your, your retirement goals. There's got to be some common pitfalls a lot of young people or people in general have, right? Yeah, the, I guess the, it falls into like three different areas. One, they always think there's more time, right? Uh, and really the best day to start planning for your future is today, right? Two, they don't understand the world of finance um, or investments or planning for the future right they don't know what to do they think that crypto is the best thing ever because they think that they're god's gift right okay. and when they were growing up the stock market for 15 straight years was basically a bull market you know mm -hmm. um so if you look at see whatever you're earning now you have to it's like climbing Mount Everest, right? So you're going to be climbing Mount Everest for 40 years, essentially, okay, until you retire. Now, most people don't die on the way up on Mount Everest. They die on the way down, 
Mm. Right. So when you hit that pinnacle, when you reach the top, then the slope, you have to go back down and that's in your retirement years. And most people don't realize that you have to, your people are living longer. So it's 35 years. So whenever you save for retirement has to last you for 35 years. And here's a news alert to you guys. So oh, security is not going to be around for you guys. Oh, man, I, man, I've been knowing that. I knew that. <laughs> right. Man, dude. right. I but, you, bro. but, you know, self-funded pensions will be around to help you out. So you have to create your own social security because let's face it, it, it might only be around for 10 more years. Right. And you don't know. Because how the government just pulls into it when they're at a deficit. You know, that's how they paid for a couple of wars was taking money out of Social Security. So No. Well, that's the great thing about being in the Army. You learn to not really trust the government's word. In so. any shape or form. Never. <laughs> yeah. yeah <bro>. Ever. <laughs> so if you wanted to go to Hawaii, you'd ask if your first request to be Alaska, right? That's what you're telling yeah. me? Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, yep. I think I put on there. I put on there. Yeah, like Alaska, Germany, and Korea. <laughs> got Kentucky. Got gotcha. Kentucky. It's worse than that, dude. It'd be like like Trevor gets married. And they're supposed to give him a housing allowance from like the day he gets married. He'll yeah. send that paperwork off to the paperwork people, and it could be six months in a year, and he still wouldn't get paid for it. But like a, like a housing allowance, though, like the most basic freaking thing. Yeah. And the day like, you get married, you're out of the barracks. So like just, good luck. <laughs> homeless that day. And then a year I, I've seen it happen a year later. People still don't get the housing allowance. Yeah. So it, it's something we're we're pretty familiar with. Hunt the good. So um, <laughs> it looks pretty unique over there. That's good. So um, I've had multiple friends. Um. You know, short termers, which are eight years, right? Uh, and then longer, longer term, uh, twenty to and above, um, tell the same similar stories, right? Uh, that they almost in the need of food stamps, and they have to live everything close to the budget, and they have to. Eat. And if you're living in the houses the, that they supply, I'll call it a barrack. For married people that's on premises that that yeah it's, it's basically it's a glorified apartment and you have to fit everything into 800 square feet right so and and the money that you have to spend at the at the store i'll call it for those folks that are in not in the arm there's a store where you buy all your conveniences right doesn't really cover them for the month Right. So oh, heck no. no, it doesn't help. So that's that's one of my pet peeves that if freedom doesn't come free, why are people that's protecting freedom paid so low and not not given the opportunity to earn more because they're protecting our freedoms overseas? Oh, dude, you like with don't, inflation don't a bit more overseas. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more. But, you know, you're not over there for very long. And then like. Mm -hmm. With inflation and like gas, when like a year and a half ago, when it was like super expensive, I'm like, bro, how are y'all going to work right now? Like our paychecks didn't get bumped up anything. No, nope. and we still had to be there, but gas is 
damn near five bucks a gallon out here in Tennessee of all places. Wow. Um, you're in Tennessee. Yeah. I'm like an hour, uh, outside of Nashville. Okay. So yeah, I, I spent, um, a couple days in Nashville and, uh, around, around Christmas time and went to the minor league ballpark to see uh, a Hallmark Christmas in, in Nashville. It was very nice. Oh, nice. Oh, you didn't go down there for the Taylor Swift concert? Um, you know, Taylor Swift came to the Philadelphia market, and um, I am not that far from the stadium, and um, you could hear her and not – you could not be at the concert. It was that loud and clear. You could hear her words clearly. So the, the volume was incredibly high. Yes. So. <laughs> People go crazy for her, dude. You know, yes, they do. But you know what the next best thing to Taylor Swift is? I'm all it, ears. The next best thing is someone who basically is a Taylor Swift impersonator and they do fundraising concerts for greater benefits right and so oh, okay. and so instead of paying $600 a ticket you pay $40 a ticket and $20 of that ticket goes towards the charity of your choice right and you hear all the songs and, and basically from where your seats are it sounds the same it just isn't her it's it's an impersonator or you know a hmm a very good version, right? And I'm so yeah. ultimately to go to a concert with a cause is like with whatever you guys support as your charities, I can introduce you to somebody that can raise money for you guys uh, going going into, especially for the veterans, anything to help the veterans. Yeah, we should pick a chair. It's just there's so much scams with veterans, dude. Like it's such an easy, like low hanging fruit. No one's really against helping us. But it's there's oh, there's a lot of grifting, like dude. I just oh my god, pop off, bro. This, this happened yesterday. I went and picked up a bot or a case of water with my family, and it's like uh, I, I don't know. It's mother Nestle, Nestle, whatever you call it. They it's Nestle. Yeah, Not they had. It's Nestle. Yeah, water. yeah, <laughs> yeah. They had uh, <clears throat> they had on their whole case that they proudly are supporting veterans. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was drinking like out, like a baba water. Like there was no oh. Nestle water when I was in Iraq. I don't know where you guys are supporting veterans, but it ain't with water. The water was wearing a hijab, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like the water was literally in Arabic. Like I, I don't know where Nestle thinks they're supporting the veterans, but it ain't overseas. Well, it must be thing. domestic. Yes. It's like yeah. all, but like they all say that every company is like, oh, we love vets, but it's like, okay, you support us, you say, but it's like, okay, where? Well, what is the biggest need? I mean, when you think about it, it when you get out, is it to cross train or to reassimilate back in society to the, the standard nine to five, or is it not that? Um, I'd say the one of the biggest challenges is, yeah, just assimilating into society because we, me and Kevin talk about it quite a bit. We don't have time to process anything that happened to us. And like you go overseas, the next week you're back to work and 
there's like nothing happened. And they they built us so that we we can get out of society and do that for for society. So now when we get back here, I mean, I've talked to it or with a bunch of people at work now too. I wasn't ready to even speak to a normal living citizen among just America. I couldn't go into work at that time. There's no way I would get angry, frustrated because my standards are up here and Home Depot standards are way down here. <laughs> not knocking so, Home Depot, man. But, but, and it's, yeah. it's not even Home Depot. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Just it, you start getting upset because you've been set to this standard. Your clock is up here and no one is up there. You're, you're expecting way too much of everybody else. Yeah, that's mindset training. Yeah. Okay. And you, um, you, uh, the only one you can control is yourself, right? And so, uh, you, and I'm going to assume that this is true. You can correct me, but when you're out there, you have to rely on the person on your left or your or your right to cover your flank, to to kind of be your eyes and ears because you work as a team. Not necessarily here when you're back at home, right? No. So. And uh, so you lose that camaraderie and kin kinship, right? And when you could truly call somebody a brother, right? Because they have your back and they have your best interest. They're not wanting any harm to happen to you. So you lose that and it takes a while to get used to the new normal, whatever that is, which is oversensitive people who who the least little thing irritates them, right? So, yeah, and couldn't give less of a shit about you. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. what I realized. They could be the nicest people in the world, but they do not care about what happens to me. <laughs> they uh, they couldn't care less. That's what gets me, because it's not even so much our watching our flank in a literal sense. It's just like having your back, you know, like someone you can right. talk to. Um, right. So, you know, I'm. I think that maybe you might be on to something, though, because there's got to be a way outside of the VA where you could get retrained into something that you would be successful for using your skill set, not necessarily your army skill set, but this, what what God gave you as a as your gifts, right? What you excel in, what you enjoy doing, right, and and then allowing you to be your own boss, so to speak, to operate autonomously so that it's not, you know, you're not doing a nine to five. You're doing I'm working around when I'm most productive, whatever that is for you. Right. And yeah. or when when the pug isn't farting. Right. Yeah. So, well, I'll tell yeah. you, a lot of vets are, would be super open to that because in the army, you got a boss breathing down your neck all the time. And there's I can't even express there's so much wasted time. You're just sitting around waiting for something to happen, standing by to stand by. And like people want to work, man. Like veterans are not a lazy group by and large. Nope. But I just I think like just bearing with us, you know, like we're not we're kind of a weird group of people. You know, I'll say that like we we, we curse a lot. Like when I'm not on a podcast, I'll say a lot of curse words, man. Like I'm working on it. But like, like, I don't want to like say the F word on accident and then get looked at like, I'm, you know, just the worst person on earth. Just have some grace with us, I would say, is a huge thing. Well, 
Yeah, but it, you also realize that the hurry up and wait didn't just get invented in the last 10 to 15 years. It's been that way since the 30s and the 40s, right? So um, society only gets glimpses of it, but it's not really the true picture of what, you know, when you see all the Hollywood productions, you know, which one, which ones that have been made, you know, in the last 20 years actually portray reality, you know? I, I can think of one movie I thought actually portrayed the military realistically. What the Hurt Locker? No, yeah, the, that. Yeah, Trev, you seen the Hurt Locker, dude? No, bro, no. it's this EOD guy, and there's scenes where he'll like go off the base, defuse a bomb all by himself, and he'll walk back on base, and the colonel's all congratulating him and shit, like, "Great job." I'm like, bro, if I did that, I would be, <laughs> I would be Marshall. in Leavenworth the moment <laughs> I tried to get get off yep. post, bro. But no, it's uh, it's Jarhead is the movie I'm thinking of because okay. it. All these yeah. military movies, right? I don't, I don't fault them because people want to be entertained, but it's all like it's all action. It's like you get overseas, you step off the plane, you're shooting people from the minute you get there to the minute you leave. You're always doing something, and it's like, bro, there that is like the one percent of time overseas. And I think what Jarhead really did well is it portrayed the boringness of life over there. It had dudes' wives cheating on them, you know it. it and like the dude doesn't even fire his weapon in combat. Like that is the most realistic shit I ever seen in a military movie. It's just all this training for something that you might not even get to do, but it was it showed the boringness of like reality over there. And that's I don't know, bro. If you haven't seen Jarhead, it's a fantastic movie. But so killing time is the biggest enemy. So oh, yeah. in between in between ships and or because when I say ships, right, um, I'm talking about when you're tasked to go on uh, reconnaissance or a mission or whatever you want to say it is. When you get back, it's that time off, whatever that is to sh- heaven forbid, shower or eat. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. It's the downtime that gets you because, like, when we were overseas, we were the only engine mechanics for the helicopters in probably the whole area, you know. There might be one from a different unit somewhere else in the country, but we're it. So it's this – it's a lot of standing by waiting for stuff to happen. And it's – And you just keep your mind busy. That's That that was the biggest problem is we are built that way, like built to keep our mind busy. When we're not – doing something it's let me do something to not think about the fact that i'm in 115 degree heat in the middle of the desert not doing anything with mortars being able to be fired at me at any moment of time with zero defense now i come home and i'm living living at home with parents it's like okay i need to need to not just keep myself busy and forget about everything i need to figure out what the hell actually happened yeah (laughs) so you guys are mechanics that my dad when he was on the aircraft carrier, he was an airplane mechanic. Um, oh, nice. Oh, hell yeah. And, and um, he was, um, he did a lot of bartering That's in order to get things done, is the way yeah. he described it. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and dirt gets in the weirdest spots and it prevents things from working. Uh, and he was on the, an experimental aircraft carrier called the USS Bennington. 
And um, they that was the first aircraft carrier that had what they called the catapult and the catching catapult, mm, right? Ooh, ooh. And um, a lot of people theoretically, well, on his deathbed in 2015, he told me, he said, all right, I have to tell you something that I've been keeping a secret. And he's like, a lot of people were decapitated while they were perfecting it, but the Navy reported they were killed in action, but really they were on this thing uh, that they, it was secret that they were trying to perfect the catching mechanism and, and the, the shooting off the aircraft carrier mechanism so they wouldn't just drop down off the aircraft carrier and go into the water. So he saw in his stay, because he was on the crew, he said at least 15 people that were decapitated in front of him, and he had to go about his regular day like nothing happened. And when they were done working on that, he had to go back into the crew and fix stuff, right? Because that's... And I were right. Yeah. Let's adjust it here, or let's adjust it here. Yeah. <laughs> How can so we not make this shared with me? So, pretty unique. Yeah. yeah. No. At, le at least, I mean, thankfully, I imagine that'd be a pretty swift way to go. Uh, painless. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a giant bungee cord ass thing, and it's. I mean, you probably wouldn't know what hits you, but like. 15 is a pretty high number, man. That's a, that's a pretty good number. Was, that's was, the whole engine didn't shot. Invent it, yet. it was literally the issue was that, that it wasn't invented yet, right? So they're working out the kinks, and people are standing in the wrong spot. It didn't work, whatever, and or it snapped, right? And then oh, the, yeah. the recoil from the snapping because it wasn't the right material, the government ordered the wrong stuff. What? Right? what? No, no. Imagine. <laughs> must have been a different government. Yeah, it must have been. It must have been the seventeen thousand dollar hammer. That goes uh huh. Yeah, that shit still happens. I've seen videos of those cables breaking on aircraft carriers, and it's like oh, yeah? as if as if a carrier wasn't a dangerous enough environment already. Now you got to jump over this freaking cable. Yeah, no, it just. I, I really feel bad for those soldiers back then, too, because, like, you, you see 17 or 15 of your friends get their heads chopped off by this thing. And yeah. then you get home, and then what? You know, they didn't have the resources we have now. Nope. Like, what, what toll does that take on your mental and, health? Yeah, and that's, <clears throat> that's a big thing, too, because now it's, like, mental health is becoming a bigger thing because then you, you don't really talk about it. You talk to the people that you're over there with, if anything. You don't come home and tell your kid about it. You don't come home and talk to your wife about it. You're just living in this state where, I mean, you haven't addressed it. <laughs> and now we're, that's what me and Kevin are trying to do is come back, address the issues, and then get back to work. It's, so, it's a so new concept. So the issues um, for mental health awareness is key, right, to, to moving forward. Um, I don't think anyone ever really truly gets over anything. They just learn how to cope, right? Uh, I, I think that's that's the way I would phrase it. And I, I, I'm not experienced like you guys, right? But I know that it's in a memory because my uncles used to wake up when we were on vacation in Myrtle Beach and they would be yelling, 
Nahaladenic, Nahaladenic. And it was, that's, <sighs> it's a curse word in Turkish, right? But I was going to say, yeah. What yeah, yeah. So he, they were crazy uh, is the way it was described that the, these, they were rooming with these guys from Turkey and for fun, they would go out in the middle of the night, sneak out of camp, kill people on the enemy side and come back and then go <laughs> do their day. And for fun, dude. For fun. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, God. and so he would wake up and the, you know, from the, that was his, it, it, the result. He would wake, he would have nightmares. And that's what he'd be yelling because they would be sneaking into tents trying to, you know, and that's what they would be yelling. Right. And so he, that was his big fear. So, oh my God, that's way worse than I thought it was going to be, dude. Yeah. I'm like, I hope this is like them drinking and what they say for cheers or something. No. Yeah. But no, like that's what they do though, is they glamify, you know, taking the fight to the enemy. And it's like, I'm torn on it because on one hand, I understand it because you have a job to do and we're the military. It's like, we're going over there, handing them flowers and singing Kumbaya. Like it's a part of the job, but then it's like, bro, it is not a, a, a fun thing to kill someone. I don't care. I don't care who you are, dude. Like even the mo like that guy in Saving Private Ryan. You remember him yes. on the helicopter? When he's like the Viet Cong's that run or well, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he said, but the one in the helicopter, just take just shooting people down, bro. It's like okay, you think that's fun there, but like then you wake up after you've been back here a year and you realize it's not so fun. But then it's yeah. like I don't see how they would. I don't see how they could make do without without making that seem like a fun thing to do. Because you have to do it. So was Save Him Private Ryan similar in some areas to you? I mean, because I'm sorry, I meant full metal jacket. That's my bad. I said, uh, okay. I know what I you know. meant. I wasn't yeah. gonna correct you in your, your diet. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. No, I meant full metal jacket. I got him confused, but one of my favorite scenes in Saving Private Ryan is they were walking through the field bitching about how they had to do had to save Private Ryan. Yep. And they asked Tom Hanks, like, well, what do you think about this? Like, I do not bitch down. <laughs> this is how it works. You bitch at me, and then I bitch at my guy, and then he bitches. We only bitch up, and that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to have a pretty special group of guys to be able to bitch down. I, I got away with it a little bit because we were all super close in that shop. Like, figure, like, most, most Army units, you're moving around the U.S., or the world every three years, right? But where we were, you could stay there for your whole 20 years. So most of the guys in the shop I had known for about five years. So we could kind of get away with that. But yeah, you don't bitch down, you know, like yeah. even the beach scene. I heard that gave actual veterans like PTSD. That shit is so traumatic. Yeah. You saw some definite. Yeah. That still gets me is that beach scene because of the the sound of the of the bullets and and the and the loudness and all the gore right um and when you look and when you look at that movie you kind of identify with all these people and the the, the knife scene where oh, one guy stabbing him in the yeah, chest yeah he's like no 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 and then and the other guy was slow getting there, and then they pass each other, and then he's in shock. And the wussification of America finally walks past. Like, I don't understand 
why he didn't go there to help, right? He, he I know he was afraid, but his friend just bit it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> people do weird things when they're in stressful situations like that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I like to think that if Trevor got stabbed, I mean, I know I would go kill that dude. But like, would, would I fault you know another guy for not? You know, that's that's a hell of a situation to find yourself in life. Well, you but you want to help him in the problem. You know he's in there and he's going to go. You see him, and you just want to help, right? And you're like, oh yeah. my goodness, just drop the ammo and run to his aid. Hit him with something. Prevent him from doing. <laughs> Get out of <laughs> well, I mean, you could even say that that's kind of a way that we're still dealing with veteran mental health. It's like instead of Trev actually getting stabbed by someone, he's getting stabbed mentally. And it's like you see it with your friends all the time. Like you, you, you know what they ought to do, but, you know, you can't do everything for them. And it's like, yep, try to give them every resource you can. But I, it's like some people are hard to get through to, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're they're thick at it, right? Yeah, who's that sound like? Both of us. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. No, go ahead, Trevor. I'm sorry. I was gonna ask. uh, Yeah, your biggest thing is just helping other people. Would you be able to describe the feeling of helping someone else? That's it's it's one of the hardest things to describe, but it feels the best. Like there's, there's nothing else in the world that I'd rather do than help someone else. So I, I describe it like this. Um, the feeling you get on Christmas morning when you go down the stairs and you see all the presents and you picked out the perfect present for each person or multiple presents. And when they open it up, the joy that they have on their face, that you actually selected the right gift. That's what it feels like when you help someone, right? It's called psychic income, right? Because you're not making money from it, but it's bringing you this joy. And the, and and when you meet somebody, you might you think you know them, but because you know them all, all at an arm's length, right? You don't know them as a friend. So that's the first question that should come out of your mouth is what brings you joy? Because now you know, hey, I support animal rights, or I help veterans do this, or I help people with special needs in camps or whatever it is that brings them joy. Now you have insight into their personality, right? So that pretty much describes when you help people, no matter in what facet of life, right? That's the feeling. That's got to take a toll on you being someone that helps a lot of other people, right? I'm the same way. People open up to me about a lot of stuff. It's like, okay, I like helping him, but it's hard hearing people's stories about, you know, how much it sucks, frankly. Um, no, it doesn't take a toll on me. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, no, because, how though? Like, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. All right, it's easy. Um, so I'm a saved Christian. And so when you have a relationship with God, um, and uh, if you don't have a relationship with God, then um, I'm not looking at you with slanted eye, right? I'm just saying that when you have a relationship with a higher power or a source, and he's the source of all good things, and he puts you on this earth to make a difference, okay? And when you make a difference in someone's life, 
it, it, it helps. And part of that process is understanding where the problem arises. And you don't get that from a casual conversation. So you, when it, something bothers you, and I'll give you a, just a quick tip. If something's truly bothering you, whether you're a Christian or not, you write it down on a piece of paper, you fold it up, you take a hammer and a nail and you nail it to a cross or a tree in your backyard. And you ask the Lord to take it away, to just remove it from your mind, meaning that the pain, the anxiety, the issue, because in the end, you're just helping that individual, not the issue, right? So when you ask him to remove that stigma and you put it into his hands, it'll be erased from your memory. Okay. That's a great point. Yeah. I think too, like, uh, I don't think God wouldn't give me any, or not me, but like give us anything that we can't handle, right? It's... Yeah. Well, yes and no. So you have trials and tribulations, right? Um, so you you know the story about there's a flood and a person's on the roof and first person comes by and... Uh, a canoe and says, Hey, jump in. He goes, no, no, God's got me. And the second person comes by and it's a bigger boat. He goes, no, no, God's got me. And then a helicopter comes by and drops down uh, a rope. And he's like, no, 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 God's got me. And then the flood overcomes him. Well, he was given three opportunities to be helped. Right. And he yeah. blew them all off. So the story is this, that, you're you're given a skill set and no one said it's going to be easy. A matter of fact, if you're Christian or you're saved, it's harder because there's a target on your back already. Right. So um, understanding that the road on the highway has a lot of speed bumps just builds your character, but it also gives you a learning experience where to learn from. And then, you know, your season, if it's a good season, you're going to excel. And if it's not a good season, it's just, you just know that it's a season and you fight your way through it. Right. That's, that's what it's all about because this is like, it's like a game of wiffle ball. It's like you get to, you get to do do overs. Right. So, you know, if you don't like that pitch and you foul it off, you get to swing at the next one. Right. So it's not, it's not worrying about things that are in your control. You help those that are in front of you. You make a difference in their lives and you just do the right thing all the time. Right. And whatever that right thing is. So, and, and then no one will question it. Tell the truth, operate with integrity, you know, the opposite, like a military intelligence, right? The opposite. The of that. opposite. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's a brilliant point too. Cause that's not even necessarily like a religious point of view. Like if right. you're not religious, you believe in like karma, let's say. If yep. you know you're doing the right thing, you know, what if you got nothing to worry about? Yeah. Like, you know, right from wrong. Yeah. Um, ultimately, people are just interested what's in your heart. Right. And uh, if your heart is pure and your intentions are pure, then the end results are going to be pure. Right. And if you make an effort trying to do that, people appreciate it. I mean, they might not verbally say it, but deep down, you know, I don't want to go and quote deep down where no one wants to go line from, you know, but, you know, 
you know, you want me on that wall, you need me on that wall line, right? But no, when you deep down, when you when you do the right thing, it gives you a gives you joy when you do the right thing because it furthers people's opinion of humanity because there's still good out there, right? And mm-hmm. like look at your you look at your cause and, and the reason for this. You're you're doing mental health awareness, but you're also making people aware that it's normal or to have these thoughts. You just have to learn coping mechanisms or the ability to de-escalate or to reassimilate into something that is not normal to you because how you're trained. Right. Yeah. So, and when you go into the workplace, there's nowhere near the level of stress that there is when it's, when you're at the, it's Man, not even close. Oh, I was, off, I was, I stock shelves at Home Depot. So I work at the garden area and I stock shelves and something dawned on me yesterday. I was, I was there eight hours yesterday, just pushing some, whatever it was, downy soap or whatever. And I'm messing with it. And I'm like, huh, they don't fire anyone here. <laughs> why why would i be stressing out about really anything if i i know i'm not going to be fired the only reason they fire anyone is for safety if you're b- poor performance they don't care it doesn't matter you could i could walk the store for eight hours and do nothing and they won't say anything <laughs> i'm sorry to laugh dude that's just it, it's, funny to me it's it's <laughs> insane it's very it, funny and that's that's exactly the other thing you were saying is people people are more willing to help you when you're that nicer person. When some when a customer comes to me and they're pissed off, I'm like, dude, find someone else. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna help you. But when the, so a customer comes to me, they're smiling, they ask me, where's this, where's that? And it's on the other end of the store. I'll go walk the whole store with you. We'll find it together. I'll what else do you need? Because you're happy, you're smiling, and I'm someone angry, I don't want to walk any extra steps with them see you later it's just you know what i'm saying when you're angry nothing gets done when you're pissed off nothing gets done especially you stocking shelves because you're not over there like oh this sucks ass oh, i hate no that. like you're like oh yeah <laughs> so, so, there, bro. so that's not your end all be all it's just a way to earn some cabbage right 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 that's yeah i'll, I'll be able to move up there and the goal is by 30 I'm sure it'll happen sooner. I hope it happens sooner. But by 30, uh, this will this will be able to cover our living expenses. Because the goal the goal is to be able to do this full time and pay for our lifestyles. Me and Kevin don't need much at all to live and to survive. I don't need a new, brand new Porsche outside my house. I don't need any of that. But the more me and Kevin can do this, the more people we can save. Okay, so let me help you. Oh, right. Don't mind if you do. Yeah. <laughs> change, change your change your word set or your mindset to from want need to desire. I desire this to happen. Okay. Do not use the word want and need anymore. I desire this to happen. Okay. That's one. Two. You have to be. You know, when we're not on live online, right, and you need someone to organize your thoughts and have a situation, I'm happy to volunteer my time because it's like Tom's shoes. 
if if I help you, right, the bonus is lives get saved, right? If you think of it in that way. So what is a life worth? Well, it's priceless. So if you're earning your living from doing this and you're saving lives, then it's like a, a pair of shoes, right? Like someone gets an extra pair of shoes when you buy a pair of shoes. So you, now you're saving lives. You're creating more awareness. And I was sincere about raising money for the cause because veterans don't really have people looking after them right as far as financial planning you fit right into my land of misfit toys okay the people that don't <laughs> the people that get ignored so the people that work for a living blue collar people plumbers electricians custom home builders hair people that do haircuts right massage people uh even chiropractors, they're not even accepted socially because they're not really doctors, right? So yeah. you look at these people and what's all common about them is that their services are needed, but they're not really given a level of respect, right? Oh, so yeah. why not help the people that need the help? You know, someone making a half million dollars a year doesn't need my help because they're making a half million dollars a year, right? <laughs> It's the people that are getting by that are not organized, right? And organized financially to get you there, organized with a goal, right? You organize your thoughts. You, it's like a checklist or a shopping list. And then you change them as you hit the next goal. You add something else there because you're not really ever going to be a finished product or hit self-actualization until you get older, right? Until you know what you really want, right? You're still going through figuring out this might be a stepping stone to something else. Okay. This could be a stepping stone to a radio show, right? This could be a stepping stone to writing a book, right? In addition to supporting yourself, right? Because you're capable. This could be a stepping stone. Do you have to believe in yourself, right? So look, before every meeting, I do five to seven financial presentations a month to live audiences. And before every meeting ends, I say this to every single person. You have the power to make a change. You have to believe in yourself, right? And if I believe in you, then you should believe in you. And when you do believe in yourself, you can navigate the rising waters and the dangerous areas because you'll know the who, the what, the when, the where, and the why on how to get from point A to point B, right? And you, you, you're not going in it alone. You have someone to go with you, right? And when someone's with you, like myself and my team, we've seen your story 900 other times. So we've experienced it and we make it work. And we tell you what other people did. And then you choose what makes the most sense for you, right? So if I impart anything with you today, it's to get organized, list your goals and stop limiting yourself. Okay. Reach for the stars. Don't when you used to daydream in second grade out the window and get yelled at, right. That's self-limiting because when you're daydreaming, it's where your mind's wondering and being creative. Don't limit yourself. Okay. Yeah, no, that's huge. It's like, I, I'm a very pragmatic guy. And so a lot of these things I'm like, I don't know if I could do that, but I'm like, oh, fuck it, dude. I'm 20 or 27. If, if ever there was a time to try it, it's right now. 
you need to list. I mean, look, I'll tell you the basics. List 20 things that are really important to you, right? Just 20, okay? And it can be work-related or personal-related, but list them. It's the act of listing them, right? You're going to get stuck around 12 or 13, okay? Because the first things are like, get a house, get a car, make a million, blah, 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 right? When you get into the higher numbers, you're going to start thinking, bigger picture. Okay. And you're going to say, solve this problem. You don't know how you're going to solve it, but you're going to solve. So how do you end suicide? Right. From army, like, you're going to solve that problem. Right. So you put that down as number 19, right. You can't do it alone. It takes a team. It takes a village. Right. So that's, you figure out a way to create that village. Now I can tell you right now, the biggest thing that would help you guys in this fight is telehealth, where people can get online within 40 minutes of their initial thought process and have a certified, not a counselor, but a clinician who is above a counselor, talk the people down and give them coping mechanisms. And then if they need to talk to them again the next day and the next day, and it doesn't cost them an arm and a leg, telehealth should be something that should be essentially covered 100% free. And there's two different services that are out there. And I'll tell you guys what they are offline, right? Where you can do it. And so that's, I'm going to tell you that there's many things you guys can do that you'll get the support you need. And again, but not here. I'll tell you offline and then you tell me, if you want to learn more and I'll put you in front of those circumstances, right? So that you can better your economic situation. You can better your financial situation and you can help more people. Okay. Cause ultimately that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. You're trying to do something you love and help more people. Right. I can't break okay. it down any more simple than that. Yeah. Right? I'm thinking too, like at telehealth, what if we just had like a, you just hop on and talk to us if you need. Cause like you're talk only two to a, people. But you're only yeah. two people, right? So I'll tell you what to do, but not on, not online. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's there's that's liability awesome. issues, okay, and that's the thing I'm concerned about, right? Okay. Because you guys are nice guys, right? There's liability issues, and you know, and, and look, you want to hang out with people that you can have a beer with, right? So you don't, you know, somebody that drinks hot tea with their pinky extended is not not the type of people that we want to associate with we want salt of the earth people people that work for a living so you got to think through this but this mental health thing is is easily approachable from a different angle and i'm going to i'm going to show you how to do it two different ways and you're going to be able to help so many people by using it as a referral Okay. And then they don't have to talk to you. You don't have to take on those issues yourself. Okay. And when you do take on those issues, remember what I taught you, write it on paper, hammer it into a tree and move forward. Yeah. Wow. That's so that's the goal of me going to college is to go for psychology for something like that is to be capable of, helping someone in that way be a clinician or psychologist whatever it is that's 
that's why because if and i'll be all like like you're saying they, if we sign them up with someone else if they can't get that someone else or whatever it is you still have my phone number and this is i'm i'm capable of doing this yeah you desire to be capable okay man i need to yeah circle star that desire to be capable bro yes yeah no language is hugely powerful so it's hard to untrain yourself when you've been using a word for a long time we'll see well we can become friends and i can get you on the right track okay mm -hmm. uh and get you organized and focused so you help because the more you're young um but the best part about being young is you have a lot in front of you right so we you know the don't be the shiny object guys okay oh i like this oh i like that oh i like this and then you lose track of your focus of what your main purpose is right don't be the shiny object stay true yeah self-talk is huge. yeah self-talk is huge well, well Kevin, I told you got I your last yeah let right. me send the final question then because that's my uh that's my job here <laughs> what's something you wish you knew at 25 years old i wish i knew that all the little stuff really didn't matter okay being in clicks being accepted uh, keeping up with the Smiths and Joneses, having the right car or the right outfit or the right hat or, the, you know, the right teeth or whatever. It really doesn't matter. What really matters is that A, you treat people how you want to be treated back and B, that through that kindness, uh, it comes back 10 over, you know, it's taken care of. Okay. So, that's the most important thing. Don't keep up with the Joneses and the Smiths. Go to the beat of your own drummer and just treat others how you want to be treated back. If you don't like how you're being treated, then you know how you want to be treated. Then treat everybody else that way. And it's tough because if you're on a highway and someone cuts you off or they do the COVID <laughs> shortstop, right? You want to give them the, the middle finger salute. And I'll tell you what you say instead. You just say, Jesus may love you right now, but I don't love how you drive. And that's all you have to say. Though. Roll down your window and keep on going, right? Yeah. They don't, they're not going to shoot you, right? They're not going to do it. They don't be laughing. They're like, that boy's crazy. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's the COVID shortstop where I'm going to pull out in front of you because I haven't been driving for two years and you have to slam on your brakes because I don't care. Right. No. <laughs> so. No, for real. Okay. Okay. But there you go. That's cool. Yeah, we're not big on materialism here. I mean, you could see our places; they're nothing, nothing special. But it's a it's a good reminder, man. You don't got to keep up with anyone. Just yeah, do do the right thing and treat people well. I think it's the biggest takeaway. Yeah. So. Well, thank you, Bill, for coming on. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, and this is far, far greater than anything I could have planned out. So, <laughs> real, I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, and yeah, we'll have to stay in touch for sure because 
me and Kevin are both ready to get this rolling a little bit more. We we know a little bit of what it takes, but yeah, we're not completely organized around the whole topic. We're working on it. We're talking to people about it. Um, but there's a lot more work to be done, and we know we know when we get to where we want to be, where we desire to be. Yeah, where we desire to be, we will be saving a lot of lives because there's not much out there like this, and there's not many people out there striving to do this. And if we, I mean, we know we're capable of being the best, best out there. So we just need to get there. <clears throat> yeah. Well, look, I appreciate your efforts and your openness, and I'm thankful for being on the show. And for those folks that pay attention and listen, try to make a difference. Amen. That's that's all that's what it's all about, man. Okay. <laughs> but all right, guys, we'll catch you next time.